surgeons are, are good about talking about complications, talking about this is what's going to happen, etc, etc. And definitely talking about have you discussed this with your family, but not necessarily thinking about family as children uh, or even small children. Children are incredibly good at picking up when adults in the family are more stressed. We know that um, when children are told about what's going on in their um, families, that there is reduced behavioural problems for children, better mental health outcomes, in fact, better health outcomes in some situations for the patient themselves. The onus isn't on the surgeon to be able to answer all these questions because as you say, there are some fantastic resources, but it is just about planting that seed, is probably the right thing to say, in the mind of the patient, but also giving permission for them to go away and have this really important conversation. Even if it's just one or two sentences from the surgeon, it has a really significant impact. My name is Arundhati Mahendran, and I'm a consultant transplant surgeon at Bart's Health. Um, the other big thing in my life is that I'm the director of the School of Medicine at Queen Mary University of London, where I'm responsible for almost 2,000 medical students um, and a couple hundred postgraduate students. So in my surgical practice, um, communication usually turns around things like talking to patients about their symptoms, their signs, obviously whether surgery is um, a solution um, or an option for them. Um, and then talking a little bit about what that surgery is going to involve, how it's going to impact their life. So that's sort of the day-to-day -day routine. On the other spectrum, of course, um, there are conversations in surgery when things don't go quite according to plan. Um, and so maybe there's been a complication or the patient doesn't have the outcome we'd hoped they'd have. Um, or there's a, um, a diagnosis that is either terminal or, or just devastating for the family. So those are sort of the kind of conversations that um, I'm usually involved in um, day to day with patients and their families. And I think most surgeons can um, recognise those sorts of conversations. I think one of the things that we don't often talk to our patients about, particularly, is if they are parents and what the impact of surgery or coming into hospital or even a, um, a terrible diagnosis is going to be on their family and particularly children. So I think that that's why it's, it's really great to have this conversation with both of you um, and to find out a little bit about that. Thank you, Orundi. So um, I'm Louise Dalton. I'm a consultant clinical psychologist. Um, and with my colleague, Elizabeth, we work at the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Oxford. Um, and I'm Dr. Elizabeth Rafa, and I'm a senior postdoctoral researcher um, with Louise. And our particular area of academic interest is about how we communicate with children when someone in the family, a parent, a grandparent, another important adult, such as an auntie or uncle, um, has a illness, um, is requiring medical treatment, and what we say and how we tell children about that news within the family. So I guess when um, a patient comes home from hospital um, with the news that they have an illness, that they may require um, treatment, they may even indeed require an operation, they then have to think about how that's going to affect their life, about how that's going to impact not only on their own health, but also thinking about the impact on their family. And in particular, 
the potential consequences for the children that are important to them, be it their children or their grandchildren, nieces, nephews and so on. And I think that what we're really passionate about is the importance of recognising that children are incredibly good at picking up when adults in the family are more stressed, um, when perhaps someone doesn't pick them up as they anticipated, um, when there's telephone calls taken behind closed doors, where adults start to share the news about a diagnosis or about kind of planned surgery. And so it's really thinking about how we address that with children, um, because when children are aware that adults are more stressed, they start to kind of try and draw their own conclusions. They're trying to make sense of what's happening. And when we don't tell them about what's going on, then they can put two and two together. They may come up with four or they may come up with five, six, seven, eight of a scenario that's much more serious than actually what's happening. Or indeed, if they're right that there's something is something very significant happening within the family, then they're left to worry about it on their own without the support of the people that love and care for them. So it's again about that idea of holding secrets. Great. So Louise, that, that's really interesting because I think surgeons are, are good about talking about complications, talking about this is what's going to happen, um, et cetera, et cetera. And definitely talking about have you discussed this with your family, but not necessarily thinking about family as children uh, or even small children. So it's it's quite interesting that we're having this conversation and I suspect what a number of my colleagues would say um, is, well, you know, we that's what the um, the nurse who supports my clinic is here for, or the physician associate who works closely with me. So there are usually a number of allied healthcare professionals that work with us. Um, time is tight, particularly where we are now in this country with um, our health services really stretched. So in those situations, I think it's probably fair to say for um, many of us, telling patients have you discussed this with your family have you thought about how you're going to talk to your children is not something necessarily that comes up um can you tell us a little bit about why it's important to think about this and why it's important to encourage um patients to um have these conversations or at least to plan on how they're going to have these conversations well, I think what all the um, research has shown, and we've done a lot of um, reviews on the global evidence for this, is that, and also most recently doing workshops, particularly with patients um, and their families, is that they completely appreciate how busy everybody is and, and actually how highly they regard and trust their lives with you guys. And actually just one simple reassurance for patients from their healthcare team um, to say, you know, it's a really good idea you tell the children who are important to you these changes that are going to occur because of your operation or your illness is actually all patients need. And then once they have that reassurance, from um, the surgeon, for example, or the consultant, and then feel the confidence to then be able to ask, say, exactly like you're saying, the nurses and the other allied healthcare professionals, you know, the doctor told me I should be talking to my children. What, what should I do about that? And then there are incredible resources out there. So Louise and I's work is all about just trying to have that very first conversation and reassure patients it's a good idea. And then if they did ask, why is it a good idea? Um, one, we 
they could be pointed in the right direction to, like I said, more evidence and resources. But it's we know that um, when children are told about what's going on in their um, families, that there is reduced behavioural problems for children, better mental health outcomes, in fact, better health outcomes in some situations for the patient themselves, and actually family functioning. So the way a family functions within the household actually improves when there is this communication about what's happening. And we understand how how busy everybody is but just that reassurance that it's a good idea to do it from a clinician from the consultant or the surgeon is actually all the patients need and I think that again there may well be other kind of members of the MDT who hold fantastic skills around perhaps some of the consequences of, of the diagnosis that's just been given but again I think that surgeons do have a very particular place in the medical hierarchy um, and having interviewed lots of um, healthcare professionals they really wanted the surgeon just to raise it and get it on the patient's agenda with potentially another member of the team then following up or signposting them to the resources that are available for families. Um, we did some research about what makes it difficult and actually again as you say time we absolutely appreciate everyone you know time is the most precious commodity um, and there's a fear perhaps of sort of opening up a can of worms of if I launch into this other, another whole topic area that's going to extend my conversation or my consultation with the patient by you know however many minutes and the waiting room is full of people already so actually what we've produced is some quite structured guidance um, for clinicians to make sure that the conversation doesn't need to be a lengthy one, um, that there is a kind of a clear ending to it and the signposting onto the patient. And as Elizabeth said, sometimes it's just about reassuring patients um, that this is the right direction of travel in terms of being honest with children about what's happening. Because our natural instinct as parents is to want to protect children. We don't want to worry them. We don't want to upset them. So I think what I'm hearing you saying is that, um, and, and I'll probably reflect this on my own practice and, and the conversations I've had with colleagues, um, some of us are, are very happy and at ease having kind of in-depth conversations and, and helping patients negotiate kind of the, uh, the emotional and psychological aftermath of operations or, or going into surgery, and that's fine. Um, and, and you'll have some surgeons who, for whom it, it's difficult to find the time and they, they also don't feel necessarily comfortable. But I think what you're saying is even just that one sentence saying, have you have you got children and have you thought about how you're going to tell them this? So it could be for something as routine as coming in to have a um, your gallbladder out uh, or something far more complicated like a, a transplant operation. But really just saying that one thing, have you thought about how you're going to talk to your children because this will really affect them. And just that it's a good idea to tell them. And it really doesn't matter how old the child is. This is across all ages of children, because I think COVID really showed us that, you know, children, very young children, even under the age of two, really notice changes in their routine and changes in the way their, uh, the adults around them are acting and feeling. And actually, people often say, oh, well, they won't notice and it doesn't matter and they wouldn't understand anywhere. And we're not saying that we should be telling children everything. But I think, you know, a really perfect example is, you know, if someone's a grandparent and they're having an operation, that maybe they're not going to be able to pick up their two-year-old granddaughter like they used to because 
for whatever reason. But actually, just a simple explanation to that child is all that's needed, because otherwise um, children do um, think that maybe they've done something wrong and maybe they're responsible. And if nobody's talking about it in the family, then they feel that they can't even bring it up and that it's even more of a secret. So it's exactly that is, is there any children at home that are important to you or you have contact with? Because it's a really good idea that they know what's going on. Fantastic. Really, whatever a kind of um, surgery or treatment they're going to come in for, it will be great for the surgeon to at least to signpost um, to the patient, you're going to have this or, you know, you're, you're going to be in for however many days it is, or there's this devastating diagnosis, whatever it is. Have you got any children at home or children that you regularly see? Um, it will be really great if you could talk to them about what's going to happen. Now, you will have patients saying things like, oh, my gosh, I don't know where to start and et cetera, et cetera. So it's not the onus isn't on the surgeon to be able to answer all these questions, because, as you say, there are some fantastic resources and they will be provided um, with this podcast so that surgeons can have a look at them. But it is just about giving, I, I think, putting planting that seed is probably the right thing to say in the mind of the patient, but also giving permission um, for them to go away and have this really important conversation, even if it's just one or two sentences from the surgeon, it has a really significant impact. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, it's exactly that. Um, and again, we know that, as Elizabeth said, that's going to be associated with better psychological outcomes for the child, but also for the family and potentially for the patient as well. Um, so again, it, it's really important. Um, and they're long term effects, actually. So when all the evidence has shown that, that, that these situations, um, when a child has experienced a young age or as an adolescent, as an adolescent, that actually this can have long, long effects on children and young people if they're not told about what's going on. And we know that long term, it does improve their mental health, out, out, um, health outcomes. Um, and I think one of the things that's really important to say is that a lot of patients have all said they really, really want this conversation to happen. And what has seemed to um, sometimes happen is because um, a doctor or a clinician or a healthcare professional doesn't bring up this subject, then the patient themselves thinks that it's not important or that they shouldn't ask because if it was that important you would have brought it up and then equally lots of healthcare professionals say well patients never ask me that if they should be talking to their kids or not so I don't mention it either so there's this kind of neutral pretense that actually what really should be happening um, isn't happening and it's no fault of anybody but it's just the way these things happen and we know that consultations are very um, short we get that but um, yeah it's just like you said that couple of sentences is really what the um, patients want. And I think we did a focus group very recently and that the um, patients were all so, um, when they reflected back on what really made a difference for them, it was when the doctors or the clinicians had said, oh, just asked a little bit more about their extended family. I know that's not always possible, but they just felt that they were seen as part of a very big network, which they felt they were never recognised as that before. So just that importance made a huge difference and that they didn't want to talk about it again with their clinician, but actually being recognised that they it wasn't just them sitting on an island on their own was the most important thing for them. That, that's really interesting to hear, Elizabeth, and I think it feeds into a, a separate point, which probably needs a, an entirely new podcast, um, and that's around sort of meaningful conversations um, in surgery and, and how that can actually um, really impact 
the the outcome for the patient more so sometimes than the, than the surgery itself. I guess the other thing I was thinking was that sometimes patients may have um, seen a number of different teams before they get to kind of their surgical consultation. And again, there can often be an assumption, particularly if someone's had quite a long course of treatment prior to the point of getting to surgery, that these are discussions that have already happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, it's important that we don't assume that that's the case, um, perhaps because someone's been unwell for you know many months or, or even years. Um, but again, this is something that we kind of keep updating and checking in with patients about. Because again, when someone's been unwell for a long period of time, um, it may be that actually the children in their lives have kind of moved through several different developmental stages in terms of their understanding what they might notice or what they need to know. So again, it's reminding the patient that we need to kind of update children with the latest information about a prognosis or about the treatment plan, or indeed just checking in with what they're understanding about what the diagnosis means. Because obviously, as children grow, they understand more, they think about illness and disease in different ways. So again, we need to check in with children about what their assumptions are, any kind of misconceptions about what the diagnosis is or about what the treatment plan is. Um, So again, I guess we would ideally add that to our, our wish list. Louise and Elizabeth, thank you so much uh, for coming to talk to us about this really important but also fascinating um, area of, of healthcare and one that doesn't get a lot of um, buy-in, I think, by, by busy, busy clinicians across the board. Um, so in just to sort of summarise what we talked about today, and I think it's it's important, there are from, from my mind, there are really three take-home messages here uh, for surgeons and my colleagues out there. And one is that whatever procedure a patient is going to go through or or even if it's a a diagnosis um, it's really important that the children are involved in that process in some way so that they know what's going on they're not kept in the dark and the research on this is really solid it's um, hugely beneficial for their mental health and their emotional well-being but importantly it brings the family together so it it helps and enhances family cohesion and and just day-to-day functioning Um, and secondly I think Whenever we're in a situation as clinicians with patients, no matter how old those patients are, it's useful to ask them, are there any children in your lives, you know, whether they're directly your own or not, and do you see them um, frequently? And the, the example of a grandmother was a, was a great one. And I think asking that question and then sort of saying, it would be really good if you could talk to your family and the children in your family about what's going to happen to you or, or what we've just discussed. That's the second one. And I think really importantly, because, you know, for a number of my colleagues, they'll say, well, look, I don't, I'm not comfortable talking to children. And that's not what you're saying. And that's not what the, the research shows either. The research shows that it's important for families to have that conversation, but that does not need to involve a surgeon being the person who actually talks directly uh, to children. And there are some fantastic resources, which I've had the pleasure of looking through. So lots of support to, to facilitate these really important conversations. Thanks both very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.